So just to um, explain a little bit to a couple of people who are new here tonight, that tonight is um, our practice circle night. And that's a time when we each will have an opportunity to share something that feels important about your practice life in the last period of time. And I'm going to start by sharing uh, kind of a framework or a perspective on um, Sangha life. And um, perhaps while you're listening, you could just sort of notice what's coming up for you. And this could be perhaps something that you would share during the practice circle. Uh, so what that means is everyone will have a chance to share if you so choose. And of course, people can choose to be silent and not share. So I'll explain more as we get there. Um, so Dogen says, when you build a pond, naturally the moon will come. When you build a pond, naturally the moon will come. So our Sangha life, I'm going to say, is about building a pond, <laughs> trusting the moon will come. And if for those of you who know our refuges chant, we chant, I take refuge in Buddha, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. I take refuge in Dharma, entering deeply the merciful ocean of Buddha's way. And I take refuge in Sangha, bringing harmony to everyone, free from hindrance. I take refuge in Sangha, bringing harmony to everyone, free from hindrance. And during these last two years, with COVID calling us all to sequester and be very careful regarding contact with others, our Sangha took on a new form and revealed to us the essential refuge of our Sangha life. So many of us coming together in the spirit of practicing the truth of our interconnectedness with all of life, we opened to a new form of Sangha, over Zoom, because even if maybe on a conscious level we didn't know, underneath we did know that the truth of our existence is. That we're not alone. Only in consciousness do we perceive separation. Underneath is the truth of no separation. We are interbeing. We realize together. We live the Buddha way together. And now we're in another new form of Sangha life. We're a hybrid Sangha, practicing together, both in person and on Zoom. So I want to say our Sangha has been resilient. Together we've sustained our practice. We've grown We sit together on Monday evenings, Thursday mornings. We've been in study groups. We have retreat days. And we come with our utter humanness. Someone may be struggling with depression, a loss, a serious illness, receiving treatments, or with a joy, a new opening. 
And as a Sangha, we have reached out to each other in so many ways, bringing meals, sitting in zazen in someone's home, celebrating a birth, making, uh, talking together through a misunderstanding. We practice together. We have been and we are now. So the Sanskrit meaning of Sangha is community. But I think we can say Sangha is a special kind of community because as bodhisattvas, we're dedicated to living the truth of the Dharma for the liberation of all beings. So again, our refuge chant is that we're practicing to learn how to live in harmony with all beings. But I mean, what does that mean to live in harmony with all beings? I don't know. But I do know maybe some of what it doesn't mean. (laughs) Living in harmony with all beings doesn't mean that we conform to something we're all supposed to do. It doesn't mean that we hold back from self-expression. But rather, each of us, in our unique ways, offers something to the whole, our attunement to the whole, like a dance. It also doesn't mean that we don't recognize and acknowledge disharmony. So perhaps tonight we can wonder together, what does this living in harmony with all beings mean? And maybe through continuing to build our pond together, we are participating in the creation of a new culture that we offer to the world. It's important to remember that we practice for each other. The jewel of Sangha life expresses the truth of our interbeing. We don't just practice for ourselves, but for each other. And I guess I want, I wonder if we could just take that in, actually, that each of our presences here tonight makes a difference for all of us. how I am with you, how you are with me, how we are with each other. Something happens uh, that's moving us towards our liberation. So here we come. We cross the threshold. We enter enter the temple, our temple here, our home temples, and we simply sit together. We open our hearts and minds to, as Suzuki says, beginner's mind. Beginner's mind means ready for anything, open to everything. And this is challenging because if we practice with a purpose or a goal, Suzuki says, that practice won't help you. So in a few moments, we will be starting our practice circle, but I do want to just share a couple of my thoughts about Sangha life, and then you just sort of notice if it registers for you in any way, uh, might stimulate something for you. Um, My first thought is that in our Sangha life, we're become attuned beyond words. We sit together and bow and chant. We talk to each other. So much is exchanged between us that's beyond perception. And even the way we might language it doesn't actually get at it. Something greater is sent in motion 
as we build this pond, we learn to listen in a new way and the Dharma wheel turns and something awakens. Here's an example. One evening I was Doan, and many of you know it's the Doan's responsibility to create the altar. And we have to bring our statue, Prajnaparamita, from the office here. We have candle, we have bowls for the flower petals, flowers on the altar. The Doan brings all of this, and then after our sit, the Doan is supposed to take all of this and put it back into their its storage. So the evening that I was Doan, and after the meeting, I got caught up talking to somebody and kind of forgot about the altar. And then when I remembered and turned around and was about to go put the altar away, I noticed that Kenny had already done it all. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I shirked my responsibility. You know, this is terrible. And I went to Kenny and I said, I'm so sorry. I just forgot. And Kenny said, it's fine. We're a commune. And that's it. We're invited here in Sangha life to not get attached to roles, to not hold on to a certain sense of our own identity. And in the letting go, we become attuned to what's needed around us. And we lose ourselves in it because we just do it. Um, so Taigan Leighton, in, in his book, Just This Is It, he talks about sense mingling. I don't know if you've heard that term, sense mingling, or another way to say it is synesthesia, which, has to, which means that there's an awareness that thro- flows through the interactivity of all of our senses. And this is the basis of compassion. We become open to not just verbally hearing the Dharma, but rather we have an awareness of phenomena occurring within a more primal wholeness, not separated into visual or oral or smell or taste or touch or thought. There's a wholeness that allows us to be attuned beyond words. Sometimes, not always, I find myself talking to someone and there's a sense of surprise or sudden alertness, like maybe I've been placed here. So my my second thought is that in our Sangha life, when we sit together and we are together, we're invited to practice with our projections and our categories, to be mindful, to notice, what we are projecting onto somebody else without acting on it yet, but become curious. Or we might notice that we're starting to categorize people and and think that that's who they are. Um, But by refraining from automatically reacting from these mental constructions, we're studying the self. And in that awareness, we become free from our projections and free to see more clearly um, so someone was, was sharing having gone on a pilgrimage. And this was a very rigorous pilgrimage where there was a lot of you know walking, <laughs> literal walking. It was exhausting. It was hot. And this group of pilgrims came to a resting place, and there was a big bus filled with tourists. Um, but 
we could wonder, well, is the pilgrim a pilgrim? Or is, the, is there a pilgrim who's a tourist? Or is there a tourist who's a pilgrim? Or maybe nobody's a tourist and nobody's a pilgrim. But you can begin to play almost with the categories in your mind because that breaks up a certain perception of someone. And, and all of a sudden, you're open. Well, who is this person, really? So this is what we're invited to do in our Sangha life, to be attuned beyond words and to work with perceptions and categories. And my third thought is, is that we also are learning to be present to our differences with equality mind. Someone recently said to me, there's a difference between being a welcoming Sangha and, and knowing whether somebody feels that they belong. And we can begin to ask ourselves, um, in what ways do we feel we belong here in this Sangha? And in what ways maybe we don't, because maybe parts of ourselves feel like we belong and other parts we feel have to stay hidden in some way. Um, and this can happen on many levels, like when I first started practicing at Udambara Zen Center, I didn't want to talk to anyone. That was really important to me. But what was more important was that no one tried to talk to me. Like there was a way that that need that I had was respected until something changed. And then we were talking. But other people enjoy talking, you know, when they first come here. So how do we be attuned to all these differences in people? Like I've also heard that some people of color who come to a mostly white sangha often have the experience of the white person being overly eager to welcome them and make them feel comfortable. And that actually that ends up feeling like a pressure. So, um, so this is more complex to even wonder how we create an environment where there could be many ways that people belong here. Um, so one Sangha member who was here a long time ago, um, she was hard of hearing and you know, she would come to our Sangha and say, you know, I'm hard of hearing, could you please speak up? And she would say this over and over again, and I mean, myself included, we would forget. You know, we weren't attuned in that way. And it took a long time for us to really hear her. And um, we then got devices where people could put on, the ear, on these special earphones and it would amplify the sound. Um, so the paradox of belonging has to do with the pull to not stand out and be different from the majority. So staying hidden or silent is a kind of assurance of belonging, but not really. David White says, we can only belong in the one way we can. That is by being ourselves. So Hakuen, who um, wrote The Four, Four Ways of Knowing, talks about the difference between um, 
differences by categorization, you know, like old or young, um, or differentiation. Differentiation is equality, and things have equal value because they are different. To be different is to have value. In this sense, all things have absolute value. So this, again, is sort of a question. It's like, you know, how do we create an environment for belonging with differences? Um, We don't know. How do we live together in our multiplicity? Um, But we can carry the intention to want to affirm and empower each person in their particular embedded form to be a part of our lives here. So as I was like putting this talk together, I, I realized that really our Sangha life is all about listening. We listen within to what is emerging. We listen beyond words. We listen to our bodily gripping when we're holding on to our identity or a fixed view. We listen to differences, wanting expression. We offer an appreciation of the complexity of belonging. And we offer careful listening to each other. Suzuki said, when you listen to someone, you should give up all your preconceived ideas and your subjective opinions. You should just try to listen to him or her. Just observe the way she is. And this can be true even in conflict or a stuck communication, listening to each other. Ben Connolly says, through these practices of listening, we cultivate our capacity for compassion. And what he means by this is, we widen our ability to receive worlds. Um, So, I think our Sangha life is like a training center. We're training in interbeing. The realization of the interconnectedness of all of life cultivating the emergence of wisdom and compassion. And that compassion includes knowing we most often miss the mark, but that's okay because we're bringing compassion for ourselves, for each other, because we're growing together. There's muddy water in this pond we are building, and we can help each other not turn away. When the muddy water settles, it becomes fertilizer for our growth. So here we are, two hands together, conditioned and unconditioned. We welcome this training of our Sangha life because soon we'll realize the whole world is our Sangha. We will offer wholeheartedly everything we've learned here to the world. I know there's a new, new moon out right now, But actually, that moon has always been here. 